Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 263 of At Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick. He's Justin. Uh, Justin, really, this weekend couldn't have gone better for the Jays. The only thing uh, that didn't go the Jays' way was the fact that they lost a squeaker against... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rays at the trough, and uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at Jordan Romano at all. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Shit happens. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, which is funny because two weeks, two or three weeks ago, I would have been like, this is the worst possible timing for this to happen. <laughs> but the team has been so good the last like three weeks overall, and that Houston and Seattle. Uh, have been so bad that they now have that they have padding where things are looking good but most importantly out of all of this the new york yankees have been eliminated we love that despite the fact that the mlb standing says their elimination number is one it is irrelevant because they've been eliminated due to scheduling houston and seattle play each other tonight one of them has to win therefore the yankees Elimination number will reach zero tonight, no matter what. No matter what. So by scheduling, the Yankees are done ski. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> super happy uh, about that, but I'm also happy that the Jays had a good weekend. They had a good week. Um, true. They've just been playing good baseball in September, and. What's weird about that is that the Toronto Blue Jays typically uh, have been relying on Bo Bichette during September, but it's actually somebody else who's been the star of the show, so to speak. And we'll talk about that guy. You probably know him from his previous work in 2021. (laughs) Uh, But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the series. We'll recap the wildcard race because it's... Ooh, it's cooking. This is one of the better races we've had to the finish. And I mean, as exciting as the American League is, the National League, my guy, there, there's, there's shit happening. It's crazy. I would almost say that the National League is less exciting at this point. Uh, because the National League doesn't have a three-team race for the American League West in it still. That's true. There's still a division title up for grabs. Uh, while in the National League, the with my, uh, Milwaukee's victory, I think it was Friday, they clinched, and um, it's there's enough games left that the Cubs could catch them for the division. But they like, won't. they won't. <laughs> but it's mathematically still possible. But we'll talk about all that shit later. Right now, we want you to talk, like to, to hear our uh, diatribes about news and injuries. So, Justin, just uh, fire away, my friend. Yep, just a couple of quick ones here. Uh, Denny Jansen, still no timetable for his return. Obviously, uh, last we saw him, he still had the big cast on his hand. He had had a pin inserted into his middle finger. Sad. The only chance Denny Jansen has that the Jays go very deep into the playoffs, but uh, even then, I think it's a pretty much a long shot that he plays again this year. Brandon Belt, who is suffering from the back spasms, he could re- return at any time. He's been hitting off of the uh, high-velocity machines. He's feeling good. Unfortunately, uh, the minor league season's ended this week, so this this past weekend here, so there's no way for the Blue Jays to get him to Buffalo for any like live ABs that way. They may have to get him some live at-bats just against 
like say Bowden Francis or Jay Jackson, whoever's on the taxi squad right now. Yeah. Uh, that travels with the team, they could get them some live at bats against those guys. But Belty may just have to find his timing this last kind of six games of the regular season if they decide to get him in a game tomorrow. Can uh, I make a hot take? Yep. Brandon Belt will not play again this season unless the Jays have already clinched. Interesting. That's... And the reason why is because right now they can't really afford to give a guy PAs in a, in a real game situation. Not like without knowing whether or not he can produce for sure. So because there is no rehab option because the minor league season is over, um, I don't think Belt sees a game until the Jays have officially clinched a playoff spot, which could be as early as it could be as early as uh, Wednesday after if the Jays win their next three games and Seattle loses their next three games. That's for sure toasty. Okay. Because there's just not enough games. So you're telling me you don't want an 839 OPS in the lineup? No, what I'm saying is we're not going to see him in the lineup until uh, the series against Tampa Bay Hmm. unless he is ultra-fucking confident that he is ready. But would you rather not see him in more games so that he's ready for the playoff series? I understand I what you're saying, but at this point, I mean the Jays are the Jays are all but certain that they're going to make the playoffs at this point, just based on I the would fact not that those put AI, that into the universe. Eh, it's pretty high probability just based on scheduling and math. But, yes, uh, but yes. I think you have to, and especially because if no matter who you play, whether it's Tampa or Minnesota, all three of the, like their best three pitchers that they're going to start against you are all right-handed, so you're going to want Brandon Belt in the lineup for those wildcard series games. And I you think don't think he can three games against Tampa is enough. It, it might be, but I mean, why wouldn't you put him in for more? Because he's, because he needs a rehab. This, this is his rehab, my dude. Sorry to tell you, but there's nowhere else for him to rehab. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of it. I, I understand what, yeah. like what you're saying. I understand what you. I I see your point of view too. I just don't think it, it's practical. You got you got to you got to get him ready for the playoffs, and you have to do it at the big league level now, just based on circumstance. It's the only way. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you we, have to be really confident, though. Like yeah. you have to be confident that he can go. He can play, and the thing is, he it's almost certain that he will strictly dh I oh yeah yeah i think there's yeah, a chance I think, I think that's he fair touches the field yeah unless yeah. something has gone terribly wrong i don't know i i i mean I, he's fine well if vladdy was in but... if vladdy got injured then yeah or maybe they give vladdy a, they clinch the playoffs and they give vladdy the, the last game off or something then i could see belter horowitz idea, at first yeah. base you know yeah. But yeah, like um, speaking of rehab and guys who won't be playing in the postseason, Adam Simber, <laughs> he uh, threw four times with Buffalo between September 16th and yesterday, I believe, when their season wrapped. Uh, didn't go well, Patrick. Over four appearances, he was only able to complete three innings. He gave up eight hits, two home runs, including one or two run uh, and two runs. One of them was a home run, and struck out three batters. Didn't walk anybody, but. Uh, 
Adam Simber's only chance to pitch with the, for the Blue Jays again this season is if somebody gets hurt and both Jay Jackson and Bowden Francis get snapped into oblivion and don't exist anymore. He has fallen down the depth chart dramatically this season and is maybe even a non-tender candidate this offseason. So. Do you remember way back when we first started talking about Adam Simber being injured and how bad it was? He has not pitched in MLB since June 18th. Yep. I believe he has thrown his last pitch with the team. I think that's probably fair. I think that he's I, – I, I do think he'll be a non-tender candidate. He might – if he doesn't sign elsewhere, which he probably will, he could be a guy you do like a minor league invitation to spring training kind of thing if he doesn't sign elsewhere. Cause it's he never, will sign elsewhere. I think <coughs> he, he will, will too. Elsewhere. But, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, – he's a, he's a guy you can non-tender because there are people in the organization who have climbed above him and your most your rest of your bullpen is under control for next year as well. So you don't need him. That's yeah. That's why they traded for Yenesis Cabrera. Yeah. Like, yeah. and Yenesis Cabrera has been serviceable at, at the worst, you know, I wouldn't even say that. I would actually say that he's been terrific, uh, in the 22, uh, games that he has appeared in, uh, or, sorry, 26 games. Sorry, I'm bad at math today. Um, he has a 2.53 ERA, 3.92 FIP. Opponents are hitting 169 against him. Uh, only two home runs. He hasn't really been beat up. Uh, he has been can guys. The Jays' record in those games is 11-15, and 15, which is not good. Uh, but Genesis has, I believe come into a lot of games where they were trailing or he definitely wasn't the guy who like they, he only, he's only blown one save. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's blown any holes. Yeah. He has one blown save and it was the game against Colorado that the Jays still won. And then he has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six holds and uh, one win. Yeah, he's been really good. The Jays, both Jordan Hicks and Cabrera have been really good for the Jays since they got them from St. Louis. They changed up some of their pitch mixes and how often they're utilizing certain pitches, and it's been yeah. effective. So so he's probably, I think Cabrera is probably the guy who takes that spot for 2024. Yeah, That's I what can, I love I about that. this team. All the guesswork that we've had to deal with in 2020, 2021, and 2022 for the pitching uh, staff, gone. The only yep. guesswork that has to be done at this point is whether or not they uh, sign a swing man for security in case Alec Manoa cannot perform. And maybe another lefty uh, for the pen. Maybe. They already have two, though, with Cabrera and Meza. So. Well, that's the thing. Cabrera gives you that added coverage. But yeah. they're losing Jordan Hicks. So that's why most I likely I mean I could see the Jays trying to retain Hicks just because the free agent pool for every position is so thin and it depends yeah, yeah. it depends on how he does in the playoffs if he yep. performs well they'll probably offer him but like I could also see them getting out of the deal with Chad Green because um, yeah. they have the opportunity to decline twice don't they yeah they do I, I'm still I'm still thinking it's gonna happen where they keep him but that's just me for um, nine million a year yep 
That's disgusting. Weak free agent class, my dude. If they don't pay him, it's that bad that Chad Green, even if he has a ERA. I don't know if you've looked at the free agents, but Matt Chapman's the best third baseman, and we know how bad he's been since the end of April. So what the hell are the Jays? Never mind. We don't have to talk. That's a different topic for another day. Let's move on. Um, the Jays won a series at the Trop, Patrick. We've already <laughs> kind of mentioned it outside of the shaky outing. I mean, Romano had a, a cracked fingernail apparently during his, his appearance there that caused some issues with his command. I did Tough not to throw that. breaking pitches. Um, it's with weird Is that going to impact a crack? How do you heal a cracked fingernail? You just got to, I don't know. There's, I think there's some sort of medicine or some sort of compound that can go on a fingernail. I don't know. I've never had it happen to me, so... My concern is, will he be ready for the playoffs? Yes, and I think they'll just be able to rest him a little bit these next few days and hopefully get him into one or two more games before the playoffs just to make sure he's good. But, uh, I mean, the Jays, the one thing I really liked about this team in this series is that they were able to capitalize on mistakes by the Rays. Um, The Rays gave him some errors on Friday night. I think there was three errors by Tampa Bay, and the Jays were able to take advantage of that. Um some wild pitches that allowed the Jays to score some runs in this series. George Springer took advantage of a misplayed ball in the outfield and had an inside the park home run. Um, I thought the pitching for the most part was very good. Ryu had a rough beginning to his outing, but then was able to kind of stabilize it and keep the team in the game. And they actually ended up taking a lead and then blowing that one late. Bassett was terrific on Friday. Uh, Kikuchi was getting hit around, but was able to minimize the damage enough in the Sunday game where, where the offense was able to take command. And of course, Vladdy had two home runs, which also helps. Um, quietly, Vladdy has been very good his past 30 games, Patrick, um, putting a lot of the talk about this season being a disaster, a complete disaster to rest. He still hasn't been hitting the way he did in 2021. And I don't know if he ever will again. I think that that year was obviously boosted by playing in two minor league ballparks as home stadiums for a lot of the season. But, I mean, his last 30 days, his uh, OPS is uh, 8.58. His career OPS is 8.46. So he's playing right along the lines of what you'd expect him to play, and he's got eight home runs in that last 30-game stretch. Um, over a full season, that would put him in line for about 45 home runs, 44 home runs. So uh, more more what you like to see from Vladdy. And the big thing, too, over that last 30-game stretch, 14 walks, 12 strikeouts. I was so. just about to snipe that from you. Yeah, yeah. You like to I see didn't. that. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if I had somebody with a 271 <laughs> average and a 353 on base um, and a 508 slug, I would take nine of those players for my team any day. So um, I'm, I'm, more than, I, I'm not expecting Vladi to have 1,000 a, a OPS for his career. It's just not going to happen. That 2021 was... Um, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but it was definitely an outlier just because of the fact that the Jays played in, in two stadiums that were not major league ballparks, and Vladdy did really well at both of them. I think it's. I think this season represents what I would call Vladdy's floor. Yeah, and yeah, twenty six homers and ninety four RBIs to this point. Not bad for a floor. And the season's not over. He could still. Yeah. He still has six games. He could end up, like I. He, he, He's only three RBI shy of where he finished last year. Uh, still six home runs away. He's not going to match that mark, but yeah, and he has twenty three fewer strikeouts than he had last year. Yeah, and more walks. Slightly more walks. It's only six extra walks. It's nothing to like. 
but uh, fifty-five less played appearances or less at bats to this point. So he's still. And that's the thing. It's like you well. look at it, look look at last year, look at this year. I think the main difference. I mean, power is the main difference. Yeah. But Vladdy had such a miserable middle, uh, middle part of the season mm-hmm. that it his stats are all fucked. Like May wasn't good. June wasn't good. July was terrible. August was... He had three months where he hit 260. Yeah. Uh, four months. Because he's hitting 260 in September. He hit two... This is insane. I've never seen this before, actually. He hit 260 in May. He hit 260 in June. Uh, he hit 260 in August, and he's hitting 260 in September. That's like when Chris Davis used to hit 247 every year. Or 247. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is I don't think Vladdy is a two sixty hitter this year. I think he's a two sixty hitter, but I think he's his floor is like two eighty. That's his career average. Yeah, and yeah. that's still really strong. Still really good, and I think that obviously he's he's hitting two seventy one over those last thirty. He's twenty four. Uh, he's twenty four years old. He's younger than he's younger than a lot of players on this on this team and most players in the big leagues. So he may actually end up having more home runs. To his credit, by the time he hits 30 years old, than Mike Trout did. Mike Trout had 250-something. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Trout. Yeah. So, Vladdy, I mean, Vladdy has obviously played more seasons, but Vladdy is only 24. He'll be 25 uh, next year. Yeah, during spring training. So, he has, he has his 25, 26, 27, 28, 20. He has five seasons to hit uh, 120, 120 home, home runs, runs yep. which he's going to do. So, yep. There's not there's nothing wrong with Vladdy. The numbers are down this year. This is probably his floor. But like yeah. what an incredible comeback the last thirty games after having just absolutely miserable experience in July that really just tanked his advanced statistics, which I know a lot of mm-hmm. people don't care about, but they're reflective of like it's same with August too. His OPS in August was barely over seven hundred, but Yeah. This, and look, this month like they're nine hundred. It's eight ninety nine. Yeah, this is Vladdy's. Uh, you could call it his f- fourth full season. He played a full season in twenty twenty, but that doesn't count. It's only sixty games. Yeah. And I mean, you look at his numbers outside of twenty twenty one, and the batting average finished anywhere between where it is right now two sixty six and two seventy four, and the OPS anywhere between seven seventy two in his rookie year to. 819 last year for the, the seasons that weren't 2020 or 2021 so i mean that's probably more around where he's going to be it's around that 800 mark for his ops league average is around 700 it's like 714 or something he's still a way above average hitter he's not a perennial mvp candidate perhaps but he's silver slugger all-star level player and he's got a gold glove to his name like he's still in like I would say that like that second tier of major league baseball players below the Mookie Betts's, below the Freddie yeah. Freeman's, you know, like there's the Corey Seegers, like those guys that are above him for sure. A good comparable, although it is a different era of baseball, would be Jim Tomei. Sure. Yeah. Super high power, perennial all star. He will garner some MVP votes, but he's not going to win like a shit ton of gold. Yeah, gloves. he's he's a guy that if he consistently hits like he has the rest of his career is going to be in the Hall of Fame conversation, you know? He'll, yeah, like if he hits at this pace for the rest of his career and it, he doesn't start to see 
uh, negative regression until he's like 38, 39. He's going to be flirting with 600 yeah. home runs. Yeah, he's still got another 10 years before he's 35. That's so. enough pumping his <laughs> tires, though. Let's yeah. get right into the wild card. Let's blast through this really quickly, though, because sure. uh, I think last episode we really just kind of <laughs> we, we went off pretty the hard. deep end. Um, All right, American yeah. League East. It's wrapped Justin, up. Justin, <laughs> it's wrapped up. For the Jays, they've been officially eliminated. They cannot win the division anymore. Tampa is two and a half games back of Baltimore. Uh, both teams have six games remaining. Um, no, Tampa sorry. only has five. Both no. actually no, sorry, they both only have five games. No, Baltimore has six. Just let me Baltimore do the math six, today. <laughs> yep, you do the math. You do the math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling today. Yeah, man. it's uh, it's been a long day apparently. Long Mondays, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Baltimore has six games left, and they also have the tiebreaker on Tampa. So really, unless Baltimore decides to just lose the rest of their games, they're probably winning this division. Um, the American League West is still up for grabs. Patrick, Texas, including today, has seven games left. Houston's down to six, and Seattle still has seven left as well. Um, Houston and Seattle are playing each other starting today. And then Seattle and Texas will also play each other again as well. So there are still some scenarios there. Those three teams, two of them are making the playoffs. One of them is not. Um, unless the Blue Jays decide to go like 0-6 rest of the way, then all three of those teams, in theory, could make the playoffs. Um, I can handle the math for the NL. Yeah, the uh, NL is pretty easy. Go for it. Yeah, it's because yeah, I know that's why I said that. Yeah, Atlanta has it locked up. Uh, the Dodgers have it locked up and Chicago Cubs have an elimination number of one, any combination of a Milwaukee win or a Chicago Cubs loss in any of their remaining games. And Chicago will be relegated to trying to win a wild card spot. Yep. But the NL wild card is not quite settled yet. Uh, Philadelphia will clinch in the next couple of games as long as they get a win because uh, they are five games up. Arizona and Chicago are tied at 82 and 74. Miami is 81 and 75. They are one game back. Cincinnati uh, are still struggling. They did uh, manage to get a win on Sunday. They only have five games left now. With Yeah, with five games left, they're two and a half games back. Their elimination number is four. Uh, it's looking pretty dire for Cincinnati, and I think they just played their last home game. They did, yeah. Joey Votto's last home game as a, as a red. Yeah, he's probably he's probably going to retire. I see yeah, him he's retire. probably going to retire. Um, he deserves to retire. The San Diego so Padres sure. are are five games back. I, we'll dedicate like ten episodes <laughs> to Joey Votto. When, when, All the, when the whole offseason will be uh, Joey Votto. Joey episodes. Votto love yeah. fest. <laughs> Cincinnati uh, are 80 and 77. Uh, or no, we just did them. Sorry, San Diego are 77 and 79. Their elimination number is two. Same with San Francisco. They're five games back. As soon as one of those wildcard teams win a game and one of those uh, teams loses, they're toast. Yep. San Diego has done a hell of a job, though, after being bad most of the year. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. Yeah. They definitely so, look like the best team that's not currently in the playoffs. San Diego and San Fran are playing each other starting today, so one of those teams is going to el- eliminate the other officially. So By the end of the series, yes, yeah. they will eliminate one. It could, one of be, as, it could be as early as tonight. I mean, if, say, San Diego wins and the Cubs and Arizona both win, then that's they'll it. be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
Show's over. Show's over, folks. Go home. I um, realistically, you can probably pile dirt on San Diego and San Francisco. Yes, you can. Cincinnati has a shot. However, they need a lot of help. They're going to need the Cubs to disintegrate, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin, do the, the Mets, math for the American so, League for yeah. us. Miami plays the Mets, so I, I think they have a best the best chance of any of those teams on the outside looking in. Uh, the American League, Patrick, the wild card standings as of now. Tampa Bay has clinched WC1. Um, they're still, of course, fighting for the division, as we mentioned. The Jays at 87 and 69, nice with six games remaining, are two games up on Houston. Houston also has six games remaining at 85 and 71. They're opening a series in Seattle tonight against the Mariners, who are 84 and 71. The Mariners play every day this week. They've got three against Houston and four against Texas left. Yeah. Um, which is why the American League West is still undetermined. Um, but right now Seattle's a half game back of Houston. If either of those teams win tonight, let's say Houston wins, um, they'll they'll eliminate the Yankees officially from playoff contention. The Yankees are eliminated no matter what. We talked about it already because even if they win all their games, they'll be at eighty five. It, it bears repeating. Yeah, it's be bears repeating because I mean, if Seattle wins tonight, they're at eighty five wins, and the Yankees as high as they can get is is eighty five and. We you know can just that say the Yankees are eliminated, and eliminated. that's all yeah. we need to hear. And we're happy because the Yankees are eliminated. And we'll talk more with the Yankees in a second. But it's it's looking like the Jays, if they can go 3-3, three and three, Patrick, mm-hmm. that essentially guarantees them a spot. It does guarantee them a spot because all three of Houston, Seattle, and Texas cannot get to 90 wins. Only two of those teams at most can get to 90 wins. The other one will fall well short. So it's looking like even 89 wins will be enough for the Blue Jays to lock up a wild card spot. Remains to be seen if it's wild card two or wild card three. But we know the Jays will either play Tampa Bay if they finish in wild card two or Minnesota if they finish in wild card three. And I mentioned it when we were talking about Brandon Belt. Those teams all will they'll likely throw three right behind the starters against the Blue Jays. So it'll be important to have those lefty bats like Biggio and Belt and Kiermaier and Varsho and Horowitz involved in some way shape or form throughout that series whether it's to start or off the bench so here's the thing we'll talk about that more later looking at the standings toronto is firmly in the driver's seat at this point yep once you clinch i hate to even put this out there would you sandbag it to get wc3 no I don't want. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to lose I, games on purpose ever. No, no, no. It's not that. But it's. No. Okay. So how it's going to work? We don't even work, have to explore it then. How it's going to work? Like Gosman's starting tomorrow against New York. Barrios is going in game two. Bassett's going in game three. Gosman would then line up again for the last game of the season of the regular season, but you'd hope that the Jays have clinched wild card two by then. Because then you can skip Gosman and just have him ready for game one of the wild card round and go Gosman, Brios, Bassett against what happens, Tampa. What happens if you're fighting? What if? What happens if in the last game of the season? It's well, John still... Schneider's already said that if it comes down to playoff seeding, they will start Gosman on the last game of the season. So, really? They yes. would. They want to finish as high up as possible. I don't know if that is the right call well i think that's what they're gonna do so that's what they're gonna do but i don't <laughs> I think, think it's they the right feel call. confident playing tampa bay and i've talked about it before i mean 
given the choice of playing indoors in Tampa, where you know the weather is going to be s- indoors, or having the chance of there being a cooler, maybe rainy kind of three games in Target Field in Minneapolis, I think I'd take Tampa just because you, you know you're going to get that climate-controlled environment for the first round of the playoffs without any home games. And I think that takes that takes one less variable. It takes wind and rain and weather out of the equation completely. And it's what? just equal ground for both teams, you know? What is the path to playing Baltimore in the second round? Uh, playing Going through Tampa. So... I believe. But the <laughs> other be way, it would, you would go through Minnesota and then through Texas, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, like, let me look at the playoff bracket. Like, I don't, I'm not sure they have it lined they up. They don't reseed. Uh, I know that. Postseason watch. If yeah, if it ended today, the Jays and Rays would play. Winner goes through Baltimore. Um, wild card three would go through Minnesota and then through Texas. I don't know who I'd rather play between Texas and Baltimore because the Jays have been thoroughly abused by Texas this season. <laughs> as much true. as they've been abused by Baltimore, I Do think wanna... I would rather not face Max Scherzer in the playoffs. Would you rather play in Arlington or would you rather play in fucking Baltimore? I'd rather play in Arlington weather-wise because, again, they have a roof there on that new stadium. Yeah. But I don't want to play Max Scherzer or Corey Seager or Marcus Simeon in the playoffs because they've just abused the Blue Jays the last well, two weeks ago. Uh, it's too fresh. Baltimore, yeah, we, ha- Baltimore right. we haven't Texas. seen in a week or a, a month or so, and I've forgotten about them already. So I need I need a reminder of the pain. Both there, teams so. have abused the Jays. They have. Bad. Like it's. I it's, feel. It's bad. I feel more more confident against Baltimore. I feel more confident going into this the playoffs by winning Wild Card two than losing wild card two and getting wild card three it would feel it would feel yeah, a bit right. of a, i want this team to go in on a high i want to beat our division rivals exactly if we're going if we're going anywhere i want to beat yes the three teams i want to see in the playoffs are i want to see tampa i want to see baltimore and then when when we get if if we get CS, to the alcs yeah. you who know cares? who i want <laughs> you know who i want i want Fucking Houston. I want to. Oh, I'd love, I'd love, I'd I'd love a playoff matchup against Texas. I just don't want it this year. (laughs) No, I don't want to play Texas in the playoffs at all. Yeah, I know. They're the team that I check, uh, like I check under my bed at night for Marcus Mean. I'm scared. Corey Seager (laughs) is the the one I check for. I mean, they're both Um, scared. They're both yeah, very scary. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But I would love Houston, Toronto, ALCS. That would be. Yeah, insane. It's uh, and we've won the season series two years in a row against them. I think I believe. So. Yeah, and uh, so we get a couple of rematches in this Yankee series, which starts tomorrow night. Patrick, we get Michael King versus Kevin Gosman again. Here we go. In game one, yeah. King struck out thirteen. Gosman struck out ten when they last matched up in the Bronx last week. There, the Jays ended up winning that game six to one because the Yankee bullpen couldn't throw strikes. Yeah, they just um, they just walked the everybody. Head. They had six yeah. walks in like the last inning and a half. Um, game two, we get a Cole versus Brios matchup. Cole was great. He went eight innings, only allowed one run. Brios gave up four runs over, uh, I think it was like five and two thirds or something. But three yeah. of them were on a three run homer in the first inning. After that, he yeah, was pretty he made, solid. He made one, one, one really bad pitch, um, and it cost them three runs. Jays ended up losing that game 5-3. They almost came back because, again, the Yankee bullpen has had a hard time throwing strikes. Uh, game three, we get a new matchup. It'll be Luke Weaver versus Chris Bassett. 
Uh, Weaver just threw five and a third innings of scoreless ball against Arizona on Saturday in a Yankee win, while Bassett allowed two runs uh, with eight strikeouts over six and two-thirds against Tampa in a Blue Jay win. How good has Chris Bassett been? Like, he's been... He's he he if he if I think if he goes like seven and two thirds or something in this last game he's got he can get two hundred innings still. Um, I can't think of a of a free agent pitcher outside of Kevin Gosman who the Jays have gotten more out of in the first year of a contract like recently than Chris Bassett. Like he's just been there's outside of his very first start I think his ERA is like three twenty six for the season or something like that. Um, it's literally been uphill since that opening start against uh, yeah and he St. wasn't Lewis. even i wouldn't even say he was that good against either boston or texas like he was that's fair the, but i mean the, the jays whip weren't was good high for texas both so. those games <laughs> but the thing the thing with bassett is that he has such a, a repertoire that yeah no two starts will ever be the same with him and the fact that he's managed to bring his era down to 3.74 and then mm-hmm. also maintain the like the number of starts this man has given us that are over uh, six in, six innings or over. Yep. Yeah, I this mean, will be his thirty third start. He only had one start in August that was below six innings, and that was five point two innings. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the best July, but he had a pretty damn good August. And then he's having a pretty darn good September as well. And this is going to be his last start of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, he's... I think he's had a career high in innings pitch now, if, if I yep. remember, yep. if recall hearing in the in the broadcast a yep. couple, of, he couple needs, games ago. So. Uh, 7.2 innings to, to get, get 200, to 200. I don't fantastic. think there's a bonus. I don't think no, a bonus probably not. But, I mean, it would be a kind of a personal bragging, right? He hasn't missed a turn all season. He's been consistent all season for the most part. Like The whip uh, for the season two, it's underrated. I mean, the whip has come down yeah. despite those games that I was just complaining about. The whip <laughs> in his last seven is 1.05. Yeah, and his whip for the season is one point one nine, which is just a hair underneath his season total. Yeah, and to be fair, his whip the past three seasons has been lower than this season. Um, mm-hmm. but he hasn't thrown as many innings because twenty twenty doesn't count, right? So it's one point one six that year. Twenty twenty one was his best whip of his career at one point oh six with Oakland his last year there. He must not be taxing his arm very hard. He's when just it comes like, he to his repertoire. he doesn't he have just, the high velo, right? He just and he he's he's kind of just I think he's in pretty good physical shape <laughs> to be able to be this consistent. And it's not just that; it's yeah. also the fact that he has pitch mix is just yeah in. Like, it's infuriating. If oh, yeah. you're an opponent hitting, like... He's throwing the kitchen sink at you. There's... Yeah, like, hit this year, though, his sinker has a value, run value of plus 25, which is the highest single run value of any pitch that he has ever had. Plus 20... Like, 25, man. That's crazy. Yep. His cutter hasn't been good this year, but I, we could do a 20-part series on how the cutter is overrated, but whatever. <laughs> His fastball hasn't really been good this year, but his sinker has been so good yeah. that it just kind of negates the mediocreness of some of his other pitches, like the sweeper, the slider, and the splitter. But he doesn't throw those very much. He just throws a buttload of, of sinkers, like double more than any other pitch that he throws. And it's 
his best pitch by far. It might be the best sinker in MLB. Um, we'd have to do we'd have to do a little search on that one, but it's that's the highest value I've seen on a pitch, a single pitch for a J twenty five. So you uh, y'all who like Savant can go check it out. The only thing with um, Bassett is because it is his career high. I'm a little bit nervous about is he going to be our game three starter if yes the Jays it, make it, I think it'll be Gosman Brios Bassett I don't so feel confident is, starting Kikuchi over you in the wild I would series. start I would not hesitate to start Kikuchi in a, in a game but I would not start him in game three of a series yeah that's why he'll be I think he'll be the fourth starter in the second Wait, round if it's coming if they say okay so I kind of see what Schneider's after then if he says We'll start Gossman if the difference is wildcard two or three. Yeah. Because if he does that, that means game one is Barrios. Uh, Barrios. Uh, two is Bassett, and three would be Kikuchi. Yep. Or you could do Gossman on short rest if, if needed. But no, save him yeah. for you have, you have the to, next round. Yeah, you have to win that game though, <laughs> or else there's no next round. I understand, but I also have that much faith in. Kikuchi. That's that I think. Uh, that's bold, my dude. We'd have to look at what his lines much. are against Tampa, but I oh, honestly he didn't, he didn't like, do that great yesterday. He got t- hit around. All right, well, nine hits <laughs> in like four and two thirds. We can something. talk about that series when we get to yeah, it. Yeah. At this point, it just comes down to take two out of three from the Yankees, and that's gonna pretty much put an end to the season for Seattle, especially yep. if they can't win any games against Houston. They're in dire. That team is in dire straits. They're the one. They're the team that's in the worst shape because they immediately follow up the series against Houston with the series against Texas. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all that's I got. It. That's all. We're done. Um. Any final <laughs> thoughts on like? Is there anybody? you expect to break out in this series against the Yankees? Anyone uh, you're hoping? Well, I'm hoping out? Brandon Belt comes back. I would like to see okay. a bit more consistency from Bo Bichette. I think he's been chasing a ton since he came off the IL. He wants it to be Bo Tember again, and it's not. Yeah, September. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, what we're going with, but. I like September myself, but September Bo, Tem- is, Bo Tember is pretty good, too. I just I think, think, I don't uh, think he... Octo, Octo, October. I don't know. Octobo, <laughs> Botober. I think we're trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Bobochet do well. I would also like to see any sign of life from Matt Chapman whatsoever. That would be that would be ideal. And Whit Merrifield too has been pretty cold lately. I think those are those are three guys that you need. I'd say Bo Chapman and Witt that you need to get going a little bit in this last six-game homestand. I've given up on Matt Chapman. Yeah, but I just I, I don't want to re-sign him, but I also want him to contribute something, anything to this team the rest of this of the season and postseason. So he's going to be starting every game at third base because he's still a great defender. But the fact that he's been hitting fifth is kind of egregious, which is another reason that I want Brandon Belt back so that Matt Chapman can hit sixth yeah. or seventh. You know? Are you ready for the number? I don't uh, want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Well, I know it's I'll bad. just say I'll say it for the audience. 
The Jays are fifty-seven and fifty-one in their la- in their one hundred and eight games that Matt Chapman has played in since May the first. However, Chappie is hitting two hundred and five oh. with an OBP of three hundred and a slug of three fifty-three. He has ten home runs yeah. in those games, but it's an OPS of six fifty-three, which is well below That's replacement gross. level player. Yeah. He's barely above the Mendoza line since May the first. That is astronomically bad. Yep. I mean his his batting average is just it's it hasn't stopped dipping. It's just continuously going down. Uh, I can remember in May I was like, I obviously he's not gonna continue to hit three eighty. And then by June I was bargaining. I was like, Oh, he's hitting two eighty eight. That's serviceable. Yeah, we can keep that. As long as he's hitting two sixty. He was hitting two sixty two at the end of June. And then he was hitting two fifty nine at the end of July and then 248 at the end of august and it just it's still going down it's been miserable for him i don't know what you do uh other than not sign not resign him that's what you do not resign him i i mean the writing is on the wall unfortunately i think for chapman but the question becomes what do the jays have to in-house that could do what matt chapman does and that's a scary question to ask i think we just got to get through the season first yeah, do you think um, playoff success would dictate re-signing Matt Chapman? No, I don't. I don't think that there's any reason to re-sign him at this point for the money that he's going to command. Because he's not worth yeah, it. Twenty uh, million. Yeah, it's not going to be. And I think you can get the same production out of Barger or or Elvis Martinez at that position for basically free. You know. We'll talk about that in yeah. the offseason, um, but you're fun, right. I, fun fact to wrap this episode up. Um, our One of our favorite all-time Blue Jays, Carlos Delgado, 20 years ago today was his four-home run game. So, fun fact. Man, I love Carlos Delgado. I hope the Veterans Committee makes the right decision. One day. That'd be I mean, great. they did it for Crime Dog. I don't they see did why. It for the Crime Dog. And, I mean, I wouldn't say they have similar careers. They don't. They don't. But Delgado has an incredibly good career and he i don't know i don't understand how he got dropped after one year yeah it wasn't yeah that wasn't fair yeah that wasn't fair at all but anyway we'll rant about that in the off season two when we talk more about hall of fame again (laughs) love me some delgado i love those episodes though i love hyping up billy wagner i think this is the year man could be could be Um, could be the year that the jays win a playoff game too We'll find out. First year since 2016, perhaps. Oh, God, my stomach just thinking about that. It's hard to believe it's been seven years since they won a playoff game. You know, it doesn't oh. seem like that long ago, but when it is. Was, when do we start the podcast? 2018. 2018 during the dark God, times. Garbage. Yeah. But anyway. Do you think this is the best team since 2016? See, I, I, actually, had this, I actually had this conversation with a coworker today. And he was asking me how I felt about the Blue Jays' playoff chances because he knows we do this. And he's, he's asked, like, do you think that this team is better than last year's team? And I said, as a whole, yes. They definitely sacrificed offense for pitching and defense this year. Patrick, think about the pitching this year, how much better it's been. You've got four starters with a sub, like, 375 ERA or whatever it is at this point. Um, I'll say, yeah, all I'll of them say have, this. they've been healthy all season. Their bullpen has been terrific compared to last year, but they oh. have definitely sacrificed run scoring to get that. And 
I think this team is more built for playoff success because of that fact. Yeah. Playoff games are traditionally like more often than not are more low scoring. Like you don't see too many 13 to the tens or whatever in the playoffs. Um, playoffs, just like they say defense wins championships in football. I think pitching a defense helps you to win championships in major league baseball. That's all I'm going to say. on it. I'll say this about the 2016 team. Or no, about the 2023 team. Sorry. I think that this Jays team, this is, I think this is the best starting rotation the Jays have had. Yeah. Ever. Yes, I agree with you. I think the bullpen is. It's right up there. Probably. It's top top three, maybe. Close top to five. being as good as ninety two, mm-hmm. but not better than ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, you've had you've had top five or top three pitching performance seasons by your entire pitching staff. Um, f- your offense has struggled. Yeah. Why they're not the this isn't the best pitching staff is because Manoa was just so yeah and I mean and it's crazy that we're what we're talking about how successful the pitching staff has been in spite of Alec Manoa you know that's the difference though yeah um, no, we talked about it last episode when we were going into the Manoa conspiracy theories or whatever <laughs> it's just like yeah like there those whatever how many games he started where he was absolutely abysmal. If even half of those ended up as wins, the Blue Jays could be WC one or still in the division hunt. You know, it's or just yeah, competing for the division. Yeah, it's would, it's a I, that's yeah. the one that's the one that's the real that's the black mark on this season is Alec Manoa for sure. I'll say this: the this is the best starting rotation that I've ever seen for the Toronto Blue Jays in my lifetime. Probably is the best statistically. Yeah, they've ever had. The bullpen is top three it's definitely better than 2016 i just looked at the stats yep i think it's better than 2015 um and i think it was better than last year i think the rotation last year was carried hard by our number three starter ross stripling who unfortunately has not had a great 2023 in this new team but Mm -hmm. for, for us 2022 the jays Listen to me saying us. <laughs> I I think that we've gotten more out of the bullpen than we ever have, and it's because of Eric Swanson, Tim Meza. Um, we'll talk about all those guys later. Yeah. But this is, as far as the hitters go, this is not the best hitting Jays team I've ever seen. No, it's not even in no. the top ten. And just a one more, I'll do one more quick point about the defense too. The Blue Jays. According to defensive run save, which is a fielding Bible stat, it was also showcased on fan graphs. Mm. Number one defensive team in baseball with 86. Next closest is Milwaukee at 75. In fact, the next American League team isn't until Baltimore at seventh overall at 34. So the Blue Jays have 52 more defensive runs saved than the next best American League team. I get it. And that's that's and that's helped. I get it. And that's helped balance the shitty bats, right? It's like you it's tough it's tough in major league baseball to have it all. 
But you look at these teams who are up here, Milwaukee, playoffs spot clinched, LA Dodgers, division clinched, Arizona in fourth, almost they're close to clinching a wild card spot. The outlier here is San Diego at fifth. They're they're fifth in defensive run saved. They have a positive run differential, but for some reason they have a losing record because they've done it so inconsistently. And then you have Chicago, Baltimore, Texas, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. All of the top 10 teams except for San Diego in defensive run saved are all in playoff spots, either clinched or close to, you know? It's, it all comes down to what that defense looks like in the playoffs. That's yep. all I care really care about is yeah. will it translate in the playoffs to victories. And I think you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I still don't think this is the best team we've seen defensively for the Jays, but it's top. It's up there. <laughs> it's top five. As far as hitting, it's nowhere close. As far as hitting, it's nowhere close to the top. No, I would agree with that. It's not even better than the the dark times. Mm, I don't know, but at least they're not leading off Socrates' burrito. (laughs) That's that's the deepest cut I think we've had on this team. And I mean, I'm just, uh, the more I look at this defensive leaderboard, the more baffling it is to me that the Padres are so bad. Like, the only teams below 15th. Atlanta's 15th in this, but that's still positive defensive run save. But Philadelphia is 27th at negative 31. They've clinched a playoff spot, essentially. And then the other team that's in there is Houston at at just positive two. There's only one team who's a negative defensive team who's in the playoff race, and that's Philly. Everyone else is long out of it. And I mean, yeah, it's crazy that the top 10 except for San Diego are all currently holding playoff spots. Do you want to know as of... August 31st, do you want to know what San Diego's record was in extra innings? Oh, this is probably bad. I, I bet you it's going to be like 5 and 20 or something stupid. It's not 5 and 20. According to Yahoo, there was an article released August t- 31st by Zach Kreiser on Yahoo Sports. Yep. At that time, San Diego was 0 and 11. <laughs> There's and your season right there. The folks. record. The MLB record for extra innings futility, as uh, said author refers to, is the 1969 Montreal Expos, who were 0 for 0 and 12. Now I don't know whether or not the Padres have won extra inning games since the writing of this article, but it just goes to demonstrate That's... why they have suffered. You take those 11 Go wins, five and six, even even maybe. give them half of those. <laughs> yeah. They are right there in the wild card race. Actually, I think they're they'd five games in. back now. Yeah. If you gave be, them five games, they'd be tied wins, or in. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be tied or in or close wild. enough where they huh. would be. But they've been so bad in extra innings. So they're yeah, defensively That's they could be good. But when you can't, if you're not getting clutch There's pitching, no clutch. It's. Uh, but I mean, it's the pitching that really I think lets you down in the late innings. Like you, your closer has to be on top. Of but it. you could also say that by starting with a runner on second with nobody out and failing to score a run, that's pretty bad too. I know the Jays have capitalized on the Manfred runner. I still don't like it. The Manfred yeah. man. Yeah. I don't like it. I think it's a stupid rule, and I think they should get rid of it. I do appreciate that games don't go for six hours anymore and we don't have to see position players pitch all the time in extra inning games. 
or relievers get hurt because they have to go four innings or something stupid. But yeah, no, I I, I dislike the rule as a whole, but I I'm un, I'm unwilling to compromise it for longer games. I will say that I do pref I like the quick res quicker resolutions. So I will say that much. Aren't the Jays? Uh, was it according a quick Google search says they're twenty nine and twenty three in one run. Yeah, that games. sounds right. I don't know what their record is though in extra innings this season. Yeah, I don't think it's that good. Yeah, I think it's probably right around five hundo, but uh, it's not bad. Let's wrap it All up right. here. We'll uh, we'll be back at some point. I mean, we got three games against the Yankees here. Hopefully, the Jays have clinched the playoff spot by the time these three games are over. That'd be the most ideal scenario. Just win all three, and you're guaranteed. We could in. try to come back. Do you have, we could try Thursday. We can always try. <laughs> we say that almost every We're Thursday. We're really good at trying. It'll be Thursday night, and we'll both be like, "What did uh was it Josh Donaldson who said this isn't this isn't the tri league? It's the get a done league." I think it was back in the What's Josh Donaldson doing right now? I don't What's know. He he's probably crying on Twitter or some shit about how Donald Trump's the greatest. I don't know. Is he that I'm guy? Just, I'm just assuming he is. He kind of seems like he would be. But anyway. Oh, he had two. No, he had two home runs uh, a couple days ago. Brewers and Marlins. Because he's on the Brew Crew, remember? Is he actually? Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Good for him. Yeah, dude. He's on the brew crew. He's making a playoff run. <laughs> He's hitting 160 for the season, my friend. You'd love to see it. Anyway, that's yeah. going to be it well. for us. Uh, if you like what we do, give us a follow on Twitter. BFMD Podcast. BFMDpodcast.com is the website. Listen to us wherever you get your shows. We will be back at some point. Whether or not it's before the end of the regular season, we can't make that promise. But know that we will be back with a nice playoff preview, which will hopefully include the Blue Jays. If it doesn't, I'll be I'll be crying on I'll be crying on the episode into my microphone like a baby. I don't want. I really don't want that. Yeah, you've never heard me cry. It's it's not pretty. Um, but for Patrick out in Halifax, I am Justin here in Saskatoon, and we'll see you next time. Okay.